Rethinking healthcare takes more than disruption. It takes more than thought leaders. It takes change makers and doers. That's who we'll be speaking to on the Healthcare Rethink podcast, giving you, our dedicated listeners, a rich body of insights to make your own change. This is the Healthcare Rethink podcast. Yes, this is the Healthcare Rethink podcast. I'm your host, Brian Urban. And today we're talking Medicare Advantage. So we brought in one of the hand honchos from the SCAN Group and Health Plan, the Corporate Vice President of Transformation, John Petito. Now, if you don't know about SCAN Health Plan, they are big and growing in a dynamic way. They're a not-for-profit Medicare Advantage plan, but they offer more than just coverage. They're based out of Long Beach, California, and have been growing since the 1970s, and they've grown actually in through California, Arizona, and now Nevada. So without further ado, John, welcome to the show. Brian, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun, man. We've gotten to know each other a little bit before we've come to this recording here, but uh, we always want to get our guests familiar with our audience and vice versa. So before we get into who SCAN is and some of the great projects you're doing, I want to understand a little bit about your path to being the corporate vice president of transformation at SCAN Group and Health Plan. So uh, take me a little bit through your background, where you've come from, what you've done, and and how you've come to be a leader here at SCAN. Yeah, sure. Happy to. Uh, you know, I think my my background is maybe a little bit atraditional. Um, I spent a good part of my early career uh, as a consultant to a lot of large healthcare organizations. Most of the, you know, most of the clients on the health plan side. So I've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of change, a lot of activity, you know, for the last uh, 17 or so years. I've worked the number of the blues, some of the nationals. Uh, most recently was uh, working with uh, um, Oliver Wyman with a, a blue plan. And, you know, I think it was maybe six or so months, maybe three to six months into, uh, you know, his tenure, our CEO, Dr. Sachin Jane, you know, started to put out, he's very active on social media, you know, started to put out some some sort of view around sort of what the strategy was for the organization. Um, you know, one video, then another video, you know, and became very clear there was a lot of speed, a lot of purpose and focus with, with which, um, you know, he was effectively driving the organization in a very different direction than I think historically it had, it had been focused. Um, taking the organization from a, a regional, uh, you know, focused uh, MA, you know, MAPD uh, organization to, to something much larger. And, and that really was exciting. Um, it was inspiring. I think, you know, one of the the challenge is that most healthcare organizations and anyone certainly trying to, you know, sell into the healthcare industry, you know, is that they move rather slow. Um, you know, there's uh, some degree of bureaucracy. And, you know, what I saw at SCAN was was none of that, was moving fast, was moving quick with a lot of deliberation. Um, years ago, uh, I had uh, connected with Sachin and actually uh, applied for a job at the previous organization he was running, Caremore. And uh, much to my chagrin at the time, he did not hire me. He hired a, a peer at my firm. Uh, and so I, you know, licked my wounds and went back to consulting. And, you know, during my last uh, sort of stint when he, uh, you know, and I reconnected, it was a bit of serendipity. Um, he asked what I was doing. And I said, you know, I, uh, I, I like what you're doing. And, you know, I think it was maybe within a matter of weeks, uh, I had made the decision to join SCAN. 
Uh, I came in as his chief of staff. I've worn a number of different hats between when I started in 2020 and today. And my focus today is really on transformation. So really, how do we help ensure that the dollars we spend enable our strategy and really are best spent towards improving the care for our members, both the ones we have today in our current markets, but also those that we want to serve going forward as we continue to grow. I love that little story. And I know you're just full of little stories that we're going to get more into. And what what a nice, uh, really almost like a meet cute, if you will, uh, in, into, into leadership. So that's so great. And Sachin, great shout out to him as well. What an influential leader, uh, not just thought leader, he's a doer. That guy does things. So I think he shared a lot of that in terms of investing into health equity and how are you really helping your members progress in health and and addressing barriers they have in their lives. So I love that background. And that brings us to today. So you were hinting at uh, Scan's growth, obviously. I want to talk a little bit about your strategy. So uh, you're really growing in a purposeful way to do more to serve older adults. So we talked about Medicare Advantage plans being one of the the biggest solutions and products that you offer in the space. But I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your mission focus that's also helping kind of really go in concert with your growth and offering MA plans in other states. So uh, one thing comes to mind is your healthcare in action team. Uh, what a beautiful design team to help homeless populations in LA County and, and probably even broader as well. I want to get a little bit more information for our viewers on this. Can you tell us what the healthcare in action team is? Yeah, absolutely. And let me, um, to set context for why healthcare in action before what healthcare in action, um, you know, you had alluded to it, you know, SCAN has been around for over 45 years. Uh, We were founded by a diverse group of seniors, uh, older adults that, you know, effectively looked around and said, you know, aging America is hard and there's got to be a better way Um, and created this mission to keep seniors healthy and independent. You know, and I, I think that mission stays true today, you know, as far as guiding everything that we do. And one of the things that became very apparent is as an MAPD plan, as a Medicare Advantage health plan, there is only so much you can do to keep seniors healthy and independent. The types mm-hmm. of issues that they face go far beyond medical care. Um, and when we as a team, and I think, you know, one of the, probably the, the, the greatest things about, you know, being at this organization is that when we step back and say, what do we want to do? The question is not, you know, well, how big do we, you know, are we, you know, how much profit, you know, how much, you know, membership. The question is, which societal issues do we want to tackle? Um, And there are big ones. And so, you know, that sort of sets the context that when we looked around, we said, you know, people experiencing homelessness, that is a major impediment. That is a huge barrier. Um, we also saw that there was, you know, frankly, a gap. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that SCAN has historically done to our independence at home uh, organization with rental assistance, you know, housing placement, et cetera. Um, but, you know, actually taking care of those folks who are on the street, you know, and actually needing care. Uh, and so that started down the path of building this you know, healthcare delivery organization, Healthcare in Action. It's the CEO is this uh, incredible doctor, Dr. Michael Hockman. You know, that's effectively uh, going out into the streets, into the, you know, the the hard places where people are, you know, are living and taking care of them. Um, you know, it's addressing all of the needs that they have, you know, identifying other concerns. 
And and one of the goals of it is not just to, you know, provide medical care to them where they are and help with behavioral health issues, et cetera, but also to place them in into housing. And that's actually one of the metrics that we use for measuring success is, you know, how many of the folks that we've interacted with and touched, you know, have been able to place. And so I think it's just one example um, of, you know, how we've looked at the market, we've looked at our customers and the demo demographics and some of the challenges they face and said, what are things we can do because there are gaps in serving them against our mission of keeping them, you know, healthy and independent. And healthcare interaction is just one example of us sort of closing that gap and investing in something that, you know, can meaningfully improve the experience and lives of our, our customers. Yeah. Well, I just, maybe Brian, I'll just, you know, to keep going to say, you know, healthcare act in action is just one example. Um, you know, it's us looking at the the issue of the homelessness crisis in America and looking at it through the lens of healthcare. Um, yeah, but that's just one. We've actually launched four different medical groups over the same period of time. You know, that one was focused specific, or healthcare in action is focused specifically on uh, the issue and 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 helping to resolve and address the the homeless challenge. And that's a great walk through and thank you for setting the context for our audience as well because it speaks to purpose-based growth it's not just how many members can you get into your health plan that helps revenue overall year year and you just keep growing until you get so big that it's it's i mean you know you're just a big box store and that's not your approach it's how are you actually seeding positive change in the communities and the lives that you serve so that is extremely helpful and it, it speaks a lot to the new delivery organizations that you're building. And another one I, I wanted to get into was was Welcome Health. So this, again, is focused on older adults and addressing the needs that they have in a home setting. So, uh, John, this is a really exciting adventure for you all and, and how you're deploying not only coverage, but also health services along with that. And this, this has such a big economic impact in, in a good way. So can you tell us a little bit more about Welcome Health? Yeah, what Welcome Health is um is a, is a fantastic organization. This one has uh, you know, personal resonance for me. Um but is a a medical group that's focused on uh providing home-based uh geriatric focused and specialized primary care. Um the goal is to, you know, meet people where they are, whether they need to receive care in the home, whether they want to come into a clinic to get care, whether they want to do telemedicine, um, it's about applying the philosophy of geriatrics to the healthcare that's provided. So specifically tailoring it to the unique needs of older adults and prioritizing the things that matter to them most. Um, you know, I think one of the, you know, the things that, you know, is really critical to that organization, including, you know, we've got a, a fantastic CEO, uh, Emily Cook is, is really taking advantage of that unique value proposition that candidly, there is a, a significant shortage of in this country of people that are trained specifically in the science of geriatric medicine, but then putting that on a platform like Welcome Health, where we can bring it into the home, we can do it telemedicine, we've got the insight clinics as well. It is a model that, you know, my view is there's a, a very large gap uh, in that primary care space, specifically for the population of older adults. And this is SCAN's response to it, you know, and, you know, for, for me, you know, in my own, uh, you know, family, the, the personal resonance comes through the amount of time it took for my family, you know, I would say, a um, well, you know, equipped, you know, to, to go and parse through and do research 
you know, no, you know, constraints, fortunately, from a financial perspective to go find the right kind of care. It simply just did not exist. And, you know, my family is on the East Coast in, in New Jersey, but it took between three to six months of, of work calling around, trying to find a, a primary care practice that was focused on geriatric medicine that could come and deliver care in the home, but would also enable, you know, telemedicine as well. And, and you know, it's, it's it's interesting to think that you know we're focused on Los Angeles you know at the moment and our you know our current our current markets you know this is actually something that cuts far across geographic boundaries same thing as the homeless you know uh, people experiencing homelessness these are issues that we're trying to you know close gaps uh, in the system that you know if we can get the model right which I think we have you know we should bring these things everywhere because these are problems that you know face america as a whole not just southern california arizona nevada and texas um you know and i think the other the other piece you know to this is is actually having the right people that are focused on this we have um dina goldwater uh is you know only one of a handful of cardiologists in the country double board certified in geriatrics and cardiology and when you when you have people like that, you know, that are applying that kind of, um, you know, focus specialization to deliver a model of care, I think you've got something really special. So I'm very excited about Welcome Health um, as well as Healthcare in Action. Wow, that's so amazing, John. And I think it's interesting in where Scan Group is going in designing new services, new types of plans for coverage that's unique to individuals of, uh, of a unique population, like LGBTQ plus population. Uh, not only are they seniors in our society, but they have different needs and specializing a plan to those needs is really important. So how do you take this approach? Can you walk me through it a little bit more? Yeah, I, I think it starts with an acknowledgement that the needs of older adults, I'd say people in, in, in general, but older adults in particular, um, you know, are, are different based on their needs, where they come from, um, you know, the unique challenges and disparities that exist, um, and, and designing services and benefits that address those specific needs. Um, you know, and the acknowledgement that healthcare isn't a one size fits all, um, you know, industry or service, and, and it is very personal. And so, you know, we, we looked around, um, and realized that there was a, you know, a significant gap in, the way the healthcare, uh, I will call it industry was serving or healthcare community was serving um, LGBTQ plus um, individuals. And, you know, we said we should do something about this. We, you know, so we built a product specifically based on their, you know, unique needs and considerations. Um, the product Affirm, you know, is uh, the first of its kind uh, in the industry. In fact, you know, we, we exceeded expectations. We did not know exactly what to expect as far as, you know, how members would respond and whether we'd have, you know, a lot of enrollees into it. Um, but it, it kind of blew away our expectations. And in fact, you know, we now are sort of in a position where we see other organizations looking to uh, effectively imitate what we've done. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. I, I actually think some of the things we're doing, you know, the previous comment I made around sort of challenges and opportunities in healthcare cutting across geographic boundaries. I think part of the great thing about SCAN is that it actually is setting setting the bar that's pushing the industry to do better. And I think, you know, Affirm is one example of this where we launched a product that was, you know, effectively focused on helping 
that specific community or set of individuals get better access to healthcare in a way that was concordant with their needs and preferences. Um, it's just a start. Um, you know, we'll look at other communities, other diverse populations, and how we can serve them better, not just through medical groups or products, but the entire ecosystem combined. And so my hope is that we've sort of set out like a uh, effectively a challenge of sorts to the industry to, to do better in this regard. Absolutely love that because it's it's going to influence uh, uh, innovation, others imitating this model. I, I guess if you go back 10, maybe 20 years, would you ever have thought there was going to be a custom fit health plan designed for the LGBTQ plus community? And, and in my head, uh, no, because traditional health plans, uh, the larger national payers, not thought in that way. And a lot of things, I think, even through the pandemic have highlighted a lot of needs that are specific for populations at the individual level. And this is speaking to that. You all are paying attention and you're putting something out there. And I'm just so excited to see that continue to, to grow, John. Yeah, Brian, I mean, I think it starts with the facts. I mean, LGBTQ plus older adults, they're less likely than their heterosexual peers to reach out to providers, senior centers, meal programs, et cetera, because they're, you know, there's a fear of uh, sexual orientation or gender-based discrimination and harassment. Um, and that's just the data. And so, you know, it's looking at some of these these gaps, these disparities, these challenges that frankly, I think the the healthcare industry as a whole has a moral obligation to address and close. And I think if there is one silver lining of the COVID pandemic is that it exposed the real gaps that exist in how we serve Americans from a healthcare perspective. Um, and so I think it hopefully, you know, shined a light on some of these issues. And my hope is that things like Affirm, products like Affirm, things that SCAN is doing to really challenge the status quo and create products and services that address the needs of different individuals that it, you know, effectively pushes the industry to do better in this regard. So really in thinking about changing industry and really motivating other health plans to innovate in the way you're doing by creating a very specific service and plan design for a unique population is the outcome here. I think that's amazing. That that needs to happen. I hope you're influential in that way. And what's great is you've covered done an innovative approach to another service you've come out with uh, called Vetcher, and it's nothing new. I believe it's an HMO construct, but uh, there are a few nuances to it. So wanted to hear from you, John, on the development of that health plan coverage type and what it's affording to its members. Yeah. Um, you know, Venture uh, was a... Um, I will say it was not an industry first product. Uh, it is not the first uh, of its kind. Um, you know, the sort of unique characteristic of venture is the fact that it had a very significant Part B rebate attached to it. And so, um, you know, Part B rebate being, you know, the um, dollars given back, uh, you know, to individuals that sign up for the plan via their social security. Um, it was $125. Uh, it was... Uh, at the time, at least on par with what had previously been in the market, there are now higher um, rebates that exist in our Southern California market, which is a very competitive uh, market for Medicare Advantage plans. Um, what what really you know sort of stood out to us was just how far past our expectations um, th this plan you know 
underperformed uh, to a certain extent and how much people needed it or wanted it. Um, and you know, at the time and still true today, inflation was at record highs, uh, 40 year highs. Um, you know, people were under a lot of financial uh, strain. The Part B uh, premium had actually been increased uh, at that sort of exact same time. And so there is an acknowledgement that, you know, as part of what SCAN can do with our mission to keep seniors healthy and independent, if financial constraint and challenges, which we know from the data is a significant concern for older adults, you know, especially in a time when the cost of milk, the cost of gas is going up significantly faster than it has previously, that putting dollars back in their pockets is, is critical, is a really important way that we can help keep them independent, keep individuals healthy and independent. Um, and so I think that's a large part of, you know, what drove the, you know, the, the results. I think it was something like 50,000 additional members signed up over the course of one, you know, uh, enrollment period, uh, specifically because of that, that product. Um, but I will say, you know, like I mentioned at the, the onset, it was not the only one of its kind. Um, what I think really resonated was the fact that, you know, those types of benefits coupled with the scan service model and. You know, one of the critical pillars of SCAN strategy is having leading customer service and creating, an, you know, effectively a a very high-end, uh, I wouldn't use the word high-end, I'd say a, an exceptional service experience for our individuals trying to really help make healthcare easy and simple when we all know that it's, it's, it's anything but. Um, so it's the combination of having leading benefits without having to give up or compromise the service experience that really resonated in the market. And, and thank you for kind of separating it in terms of, hey, you know, it's an HMO model, nothing's really different. But what is different is still trying to keep the affordability in place. And, you know, I, I also am just amazed at Medicare Advantage, the growth that it's seen. I think we're going on like 8% year over year since 2010. Now in 2023, uh, it's going to keep growing, obviously, for a, a huge part of the population aging into eligibility, but also the choice of having more valuable coverage on top of what you pay into uh, and not just getting supplementary insurance, uh, like Medigap, things like that. But I think it's so interesting that you all are seeing this growth. And I'm curious on your growth, and I want to talk about the states that you're expanding into as well, but did you, did you see this type of growth coming from 22 to 23? Uh, I mean, you have your growth projections with your memberships, but did you just, did you know it was going to grow? Uh, I think maybe, I think the stat I saw was about 10% more. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, and then I want to get into where you're expanding, but did you see that growth coming? I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I, you know, it was actually 60,000 members. Um, I will say it was, it was more that than we had projected. And I think had anyone told us that it would be 60,000, I think we would have probably looked at them, uh, you, you know, funny, I, you know, I, I think it was really kind of a, a pleasant surprise, uh, in a lot of ways, of just how much, uh, interest there was in that product and how well, um, it was received. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, has, you know, stood out to us, um, and is important is the fact that, you know, as you're launching these different types of products and services, it is hard to forecast because when you're effectively at the cutting edge and you're doing things that other plans haven't, 
um, you don't have really good reference points and models to understand how they're going to resonate. And you can do the market research and the testing, and we do all of that, of course. Um, but when the rubber, you know, hits the road and you're in market, you know, you, you do your best to forecast. Um, but you know, if you sixty thousand, we would not have uh, predicted. It was a little bit higher than what we had thought. So, but it's definitely a good problem to have in all regards. But uh, I mean, it's just amazing that you. You kind of see that growth. Not many organizations across the industry see that type of growth, John. So uh, I want to get into a couple things here. Uh, I want to talk about where you're expanding. And I actually forgot you're going into Texas, but uh, you've you've pushed yourselves into a great place in Arizona and Nevada, and then now Texas as well. So can you help me understand a little bit more about those populations? I mean, they're relative to California, but uh, every population and every culture of health is different. So needs are different. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the new learnings that you've seen from expanding into these new markets? Yeah, I, I think, um, I think, I mean, you kind of hit it right there. I mean, every market is different. The needs are, are different. You know, Skin has started with the principle said, you know, I think it's our CEO, you know, Dr. Jen said, if you've got a, a good thing going, you should, you know, not keep it a secret, bring it to more people. Um, yeah, I think said differently is, you know, why should geography define what kind of healthcare you have access to? Um, and I think that's the underlying premise. If, you know, someone is born in Texas or Nevada or Arizona or New Jersey, you know, they should have access to SCAN. If, you know, we, we believe SCAN is a, a wonderful uh, healthcare organization that delivers incredible care to its members. And so we should bring that to as many places as we can. It's the right thing to do. Um, with regards to Arizona, Nevada, and Texas, I think you know we've we've learned that every market is 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 different. Um, as we move outside of Southern California, obviously the 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 partners that you have, so the medical groups, the you know the healthcare system operates differently. And so, you know, building the muscle in order to partner with those organizations as we grow is sort of what we're focused on to sustain growth in a you know a go forward. Um, you know, as we go forward. Um, I think the other piece to it is, you know, we've grown with our partners, uh, you know, that we've worked with in the Southern California market, you know, to bring our models to more places. So Arizona, Nevada, and Texas is a starting point. Um, I, you know, would sort of venture to say we will likely do more. Um, you know, it's just the starting point. So uh, we're early in this uh, journey, a couple of years in, but you know, as we learn and 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 grow, we'll continue to do more of it. Hopefully, we'll get sharper, you know, as we continue to do it. It has so many complexities going into a, a different department of insurance in each state and going into different markets and how you talk about who you are and how do you understand these different communities and, and communities. So, uh, so commendable on its, onto itself, just going into new places to, to help serve more lives. So I love that, John. But as, as we all know, Medicare Advantage is not this beautiful, utopic place uh it's it's challenged it has a lot of scrutiny on the model a lot of regulatory changes have come into 23 uh, especially on rate sheets as well for those providing care to uh, medicare lives uh so it's it's on all sides of the ecosystem that uh there's a, a lot of uh eyeballing on medicare advantage and, and medicare reimbursements so i wanted to get a little perspective from you on what you've been facing, some of the headwinds in the uh, Medicare Advantage space today, and 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 how you're hoping to address some of those things through this year and beyond. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think you you hit on uh, you hit on some of the big the big points. I you know, as I think about my perspective on sort of what the headwinds are, um, yeah, the first that comes to mind is what I call or refer to as the spotlight effects. You know, Medicare Advantage has proven to be incredibly popular. You know, now serving more than thirty million older adults, um, and for good reason. You know, we provide comprehensive benefits. You know, a lot of value add services that. Um, traditional Medicare doesn't, and these are real needs that support real people in real life. Um, and so there's good reason that it's popular. But when you're 50% of the Medicare uh, population and, and then really base, um, you know, people look at the model, uh, you know, more, more closely. I think there's been a lot of coverage, um, you know, a lot of criticism, uh, especially about certain practices like risk adjustment um, of Medicare Advantage plans uh, and the industry as a whole. Um, you know, my perspective is there are probably bad practices in, in a lot of industries, uh, most every industry. Um, and I think the, the focus should be on correcting and innovating the model, uh, but not inadvertently harming those organizations that are actually, you know, good actors and doing the right things. And that, that's my hope is that we can can continue to refine Medicare Advantage, uh, as a, as a model. Um, you know, our CEO, Dr. Jane has written quite a bit calling, you know, to, you know, to action for the industry to help innovate the model, improve it, not abandon it and move towards something else, which I think would be, I think would be a shame uh, for the older adults that are, are really benefiting from, uh, from, from the program. Uh, you know, coupled with the scrutiny, the, you know, this year in particular, there have been a lot of regulatory changes and, you know, further proposed changes from the Biden administration that, you know, are going to create some significant financial pressures for the industry, potentially. Um, you know, as a whole, I think we've been in a rising rate environment for quite some time. I think that has translated into very generous benefits. There's been a lot of outside investment, you know, from both large organizations, but also, you know, the private equity venture capital uh, entities, you know, looking to enter the space, seeing how attractive it is, you know, to members. Um, and I think a lot of that has resulted in generous benefits, a lot of innovation, um, maybe some, uh, you know, over exuberance, uh, in certain areas. And I think the, the shift, you know, towards, a an environment where we're no longer seeing rising rates and financial pressure may, you know, may force, uh, players like scan and others, you know, to look critically around sort of what we're offering and what we can afford to offer, um, you know, my hope is that we don't uh, have to, you know, as an industry, reduce benefits that are truly value add to members, um, because I think there's a lot of things that we're offering that are critically needed, um, especially in the environment that we're in today, you know, where economic forces are, you know, shrinking the nest egg, the older adults uh, quite rapidly, you know, prices are still rising. So my hope is that, you know, we can change the the model. We can, you know, last through the, um, you know, the financial pressures and, and do so in a way that preserves the benefits that, you know, members have come to rely on. Well, that's a great member-centric approach that you're having with your population. But I think it's true. It's there, what can you cut out? What can you change with your model that won't negatively impact, impact the business, but it's going to have a positive result? On the experience and 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 services and value that a member would see, yeah, that's absolutely right. I, you know, the last thing that I think about, and I don't know if I would call it a headwind, um, so much as an inevitable fact. 
um, which is that healthcare historically, at least as long as I've been, it has always been behind most every other industry when it comes to technology. You know, in a world where you can take a photo of a check and deposit into your bank account, where you can split the tip and send money back and forth over your smartphone, uh, you know, I, it, to me, it, it, you know, I look at healthcare and I look at some of the practices. I, you know, I think we oftentimes compare ourselves to each other. So we look at Kaiser or United or Cigna or Humana and say, well, that's the bar. And I think the answer is not that that's the bar. The answer is that that is a bar, but we should be comparing ourselves from a member perspective to the other experiences they have, the other brands in their lives and experiences that they have in different industries. That should be our bar. Um, and that's been part of the philosophy at SCAN for where we invest in order to create that better experience. And I think the, you know, the challenge that comes from this, especially for an organization like SCAN, is doing these things costs money. You know, we need to invest in creating a better experience in the technology that supports that. Um, and we need to do that in order to scale, in order to create the same scan experience that, you know, results in a 91 plus percent member satisfaction. You know, we've had four and a half stars for, you know, six years in a row. Increasingly, the stars measures are focused on and waiting member experience. And doing that requires us to invest in tools and capabilities that will scale as we get larger. Um, I also think there's probably simple things we can do, though, that, you know, are complex. They don't require a lot of investment. They require thoughtful, you know, redesign of our processes and looking critically at what we what we do today. Things like prior authorizations, which, you know, make it hard for people to access care. Are there other ways we can have the same comfort that we're not doing too much? We're not creating, you know, overburden or spending, you know, on things that people don't or really don't, you know, need to have um, without putting up the barriers to the members themselves. As an industry, we should look to other countries and and where we can learn from about ways we can improve our system here in the U.S. That's awesome, John. So let's transition into a little bit of the future. Let's get our crystal ball here. What is going to be uh, Scan Group's uh, biggest impact to the lives you serve looking over the next few years? Is it going to be on services or through uh, new partnerships? Uh, what what can you tell us that's going to happen in the future that's going to be a big deal in helping the lives you serve? Um, where to begin? Uh, well, I'll start with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you saw, I, I hope you saw that uh, in December we announced uh, that we had uh, filed to combine with Care Oregon and form a health right group. Um, I'm incredibly excited about the prospects of two incredible mission-driven organizations coming together with very similar philosophies around how to solve big thorny societal issues and bringing different ways of doing that together. So the experience and the scale of two organizations coming together, not-for-profit organizations coming together, you know, to create an alternative to, you know, the, the rest of the industry, I think can, will create a lot of opportunity for us, us to address issues like homelessness, food insecurity, loneliness, financial insecurity. I think the scale of the organizations coming together, um, but also the experience of organizations, SCAN and Care Oregon, having tried different things in our respective geographies to solve problems that I think, like I mentioned earlier, are not defined or constrained by geographical boundaries. They're not constrained by age or other perceived lines in the sand that we 
we draw. You know, 65 is a number that the government set around what it means to be Medicare eligible. Does that mean that, you know, you turn 65 and all of a sudden you're a different person and have a different set of issues? No. You know, and, and today's issues from a healthcare perspective, they are, you know, they're lifelong issues that are lifestyle related and start well before. And so I think having the two organizations come together in this manner is really going to help us to do more, to continue down the path of shining a light for what can be done, um, you know, to improve the health of Americans, not just older adults, but of Americans in general. Uh, the other thing I'm really excited about that SCAN has been doing, and um, I believe it was in the HBR Harvard Business Review, there was an article uh, about the work we did around medication adherence and closing the disparity uh, in medication adherence. Um, we're doubling down on health equity initiatives like that. We're in fact, uh, this year starting a multi-year effort to eliminate disparities in care in three key areas among Hispanic and black members. So flu, AC, uh, A1C and statin adherence. And we're putting our money where our mouth is, you know, we're actually tying bonuses to the results of this work to actually closing gaps. I'm incredibly excited about that. Um, and I think it really is a testament to the kind of opportunity and the, the diligent and focus that can result in potentially some really incredible outcomes. And I'll, I'll just add, I mean, the original goal was to close the gap by 25%. We actually closed it by 35%. Um, so it is, you know, I, I think it just goes to show when you, when you put your money where your mouth is and you really put the challenge, it, it is possible to do these things. Um, and I, I love that we're, you know, we're undertaking this work because I think it does sort of shine a light on what is possible, the art of the possible. Um, when you, when you really just set out to, to accomplish these things one at a time, pick, excuse me, pick specific issues or areas where there is a challenge, a gap, or something that needs to be fixed and put people to work on solving. And that's, you know, I think what we, we saw, um, and that's why we're, you know, we're doubling down on it. And, you know, it was the whole entire organization that really sort of got behind driving that. Um, and I think that's exactly what, uh, is going to help us to do more going forward. And that's why the care organ deal with health right group is exciting as well. I mean, we'll have more people, a larger organization with more experience to do these kinds of bold initiatives. Those are bold initiatives. And I can't wait to see the future impact that SCAN Group is going to have along the West Coast, because now you've entered in a few other states that we've mentioned. It's just so amazing to have your, your leadership and, and really your doing capacity on our show, John. Uh, we don't like to just talk to thought leaders here. The doers that are actually out there pushing and creating change is, is what we love to hear. So that is absolutely something you embody and what SCAN uh, Group is all about as well. So thank you for joining our little show, John. And for more exciting insights and excerpts, please visit us at binthrive.com.